Well, good morning, and I'm glad that you're worshiping with us today. As Samuel has shared, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, so I'd encourage you to open your Bible to Romans chapter 12, and if you don't have your Bible with you, that's awesome. Grab a pew Bible and turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. If you don't own a Bible or if you just want a Bible, we encourage you to take a pew Bible with you, with our permission. The only thing we ask is that you read it and spend time uh, in God's Word on a regular basis. Before I get to Romans 12 and before I get to the message uh, that is part of our Daniel plan journey week two, um, it would be remiss if I didn't say something about the Supreme Court ruling that came down on Friday. If you're on social media, you know that it's been a firestorm. It's made me not want to be on social media, quite honestly, because of what I'm reading. Um, Just very disappointing in in many ways. And, And yet the ruling is really not a surprise For those of us that have been paying attention, 37 states had approved same-sex marriage prior to this ruling, Uh, but at the same time, I can't say that it's no big deal. I can't say that it's not an issue that won't affect First Christian Church of Clinton. So what I want to do, I've been very bad for much of my life about um, diarrhea of the mouth disease, is how I would put it. Uh, I see something, I know some of you have that struggle as well, and you react, you're emotional, and, and, and you respond very quickly. So I'm not going to do that. I've resisted the urge to put anything on Facebook or on my blog or, or anywhere else at this point. Uh, I'm going to try to follow the motto of the book of James that says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I, I want to let you know that following our journey through the Daniel plan on Sunday, August 2nd, I am going to be carving out a Sunday morning to really deal with this issue and what it means for the church and what it means for Christians. During that time, um, I would just uh, throw a couple words of caution your direction. Um, Number one, Jesus is still Lord. Absolutely, without a doubt. God's Word is still God's Word, and hopefully that's truth for your life. And the Supreme Court can't change that. Um, No presidential edict can change that. Uh, That's one of the great things about faith. So, um, Some people, it almost seems like, have already thrown in the towel, and they've said, look at what's happening to our country, there's no hope at all. Uh, I I just, I totally disagree with that. Number two, many times, it's situations just like this that spark revival. It's situations just like this that really um, call God's people and cause God's people to step beyond maybe even where they think they could be. So uh, take heart. And and number three, just be really wise with, with what you say be very wise with what you share. Um, wh- whoever you know, you may see as the enemy in this. Th- th- there really are no enemies, quite honestly. Uh, I know that may be a controversial statement for some. Maybe you feel a politician is an enemy, or a Supreme Court justice is an enemy, or an advocate on a certain side of an issue is an enemy. Um, I-, I love that song we used to sing at church camp, and it's it's very uh, very basic. In terms of the words that you sing, I think it's really difficult to live out 24-7. They will know we are Christians by our love. And I hope that that's what will define you wherever you're at on this issue, um, wherever you're at in this situation. So um, August 2nd, we're going to tackle the issue. What I want to do is I want to pray. I want to pray for uh, our country. I want to pray for the Christians in our country. I want to pray for um, the, the ramifications of what will take place. Uh, due to Friday. I also, we were remiss last week. I made a mistake in not um, remembering those that lost their life in that terrible church shooting in South Carolina. Um, 
strikes a little close to home, quite honestly, for those of us that have been to prayer meetings and have been a part of small group Bible studies. So uh, let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity to gather freely in worship. Uh, we don't have to do it in secret. We, we don't have to do it under the cover of darkness, and for that I rejoice. I rejoice that Jesus, your Son, is Lord and Savior, and I can say it whenever and wherever I want to. And yet, over the last couple weeks, uh, troubling events have unfolded. And so we pray for the church in Charleston, South Carolina, where lives were lost senselessly as people studied the Bible and prayed. I don't get that. I don't understand that. And yet I know that you are Lord of all. And it's my prayer that good will come out of evil and that we will be a stronger church uh, as a result of tragedies that unfold. Father, Friday, uh, the Supreme Court decision, it's my prayer that through all of this we'll have an opportunity to be a beacon of light. We'll have an opportunity to show people that we are Christians by our love and that we'll be people that will unashamedly stand on the truth of your word. And uh, that can be a tough balancing act. I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And that's my prayer for myself, for those who are gathered today, for our church, that we will be a body of believers that come full of grace and truth, and that people people will know that we're followers of Jesus by your love. Thank you so much for the grace that you've poured out upon us. Thank you for the blessing of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, Daniel plan week number two. Um, Last week we uh, unveiled the Daniel plan and we spent some time looking at a passage of scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 about the body. And this week I want to take it to another level, uh, a message entitled Principles for Lasting Change, What It Takes to Really Change. And I want to remind you every week of this journey, this is week two, three things are going to happen during the sermon slot. Number one, we will look at one of the key essentials. There's five key essentials, faith, food, fitness, focus, and friends. This week, we're going to look for just a little bit about food. We're also going to hear a testimony each week from someone within our church that that is affiliated or has practiced the Daniel plan, or they have an area of expertise in one area that the Daniel plan would really prescribe change in our lives. And this week, we're blessed to have Dr. Stephanie Kluver. She'll come up in just a little bit, and she's going to talk about what is a detox, what's her, her experience with a detox, and why maybe you should consider a detox. And then we will also, of course, have an extended teaching from God's Word this week from Romans chapter 12. When you think about change, that's a hard concept to grab a hold of. For some of us, when we hear the word change, whatever it is, we're against it. Whatever the change is, we're against it. We don't like it, we don't want it, because we're really comfortable with our lives. And so, for our second service, we changed the service time of our second service several months ago from 11 o'clock to 10.30 a.m., and some people just immediately, I'm against it. I had one person come and say, I was against it when you announced it, but now I really love it. And I appreciated their honesty. I appreciated their, their, their transparency in that way. But change is difficult. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about what it takes 
to really embrace change by looking at Romans chapter 12. And the first thing that we have to do if we're really going to get serious about change is we have to dedicate, dedicate. I must begin by committing my body to God. If change is really going to take place, it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen because we wish that it would happen. It's going to take dedication, and we begin by committing our bodies to God. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We'll put that scripture up on the screen. Lexi, can we get that next? There you go. This is your true and proper worship. It was May of 2006. I was working at Lincoln Christian College, which is now Lincoln Christian University. Um, It was kind of a whirlwind time. It was a Monday morning, and the day before, I'd actually preached here at the First Christian Church of Clinton. It was their graduate recognition Sunday, and uh, Scott DeWitt and Ernie invited me over to preach, and I shared for the graduate lunch. I think Jenny Carter had made spaghetti that day, and uh, I got back in my office, and I had a doctor's appointment. I was on an allergy medication, and I had no more refills left, one of those little nasal spray deals. Uh, I can't remember what nasocort, something along those lines, and I went to my doctor for what I thought was going to be a routine checkup. It would change my life forever. I sat down in the doctor's office and, you know, did the little uh, preliminaries with the nurse, you know, the, the weight, the measurements, the blood pressure, on and on and on. And then my doctor came in, Dr. Ken Sagans, and he looked at my chart and he looked at me and he looked at my chart and he looked at me and he said, get back on the scale. And so I stepped back on the scale and the scale read 221 pounds. And he looked at me and he said, you are fat. Okay. And just in case he thought I had a hearing problem or something along those lines, he looked at me again. He said, no, I want you to hear me. You are fat. And so I got down off the scale and, you know, I I could sense like some tears starting to well up, but at the same time, my fist starting to clench and I'm already thinking, who are the other doctors that I can, you know, change to because I'm not putting up with this. And he sat me down and he said a third time, he said, Greg, you are fat. And, And he was looking at my chart and he said, do you realize that over the period of the last year and a half, you've put on 30 pounds? And, you know, it did kind of seem to be true. My tight, my, my pants were very tight. I found myself wanting to wear, you know, loose clothing, sweatpants, shorts, uh, free-flowing shirts, whatever it may be. And he said, what happened? And I said, you know, I don't know. And he put his finger in my face and he said, um, you're 36 years old. You weigh way too much. And he said, you have to change. He said, I'm going to schedule a doctor's appointment for you in 30 days. And he said, I expect you to be down at least 10 to 15 pounds. This is unacceptable. And I said, well, can I get my allergy medication refilled? (laughs) And he did. I left that doctor's office feeling awful, feeling embarrassed, um, I, I, we had a big full-length mirror on the campus in, in one of the rooms. I went and I, I looked at myself. I lifted my shirt up. I wanted to make sure that maybe they didn't have a bad scale at the doctor's office. But sure enough, 
I'd really let myself go. I was really out of control. And I thought about what had changed in the last year, year and a half. Well, I'd stopped really exercising. My knee had been bothering me, and my job was pretty stressful at the school at that time. I had a lot of reasons why I'd stopped. And I really started just kind of eating whatever I wanted to. Prior to that time, I'd tried to be more conscious with what I consumed, but, you know, I was all in. I might eat Chinese three, four days a week. If there was someone that wanted to go to First Walk, I, I was in for, the, in, in for the journey. And it's at that point that I decided at about 10.30 a.m. on that Monday morning, I, I have to change. And so at lunchtime that day, I canceled my plans with a couple of my lunch buddies at school, and I uh, went home, and I grabbed my running clothes, and I ran two and a half miles during lunch. It just about killed me. I got to let you know that. I thought I was going to die right there on the spot. But it really began a journey for me that lasted about six weeks where I was able to go from about, well, not from about, from 220 pounds to under 200 pounds. I went back to the doctor with a real smirk on my face when, uh, when, when I went back to see him. And, uh, you know, he said, congratulations, but you're not done. He said, you could be back in this spot like that. Just the way your body's wired, your metabolism, you could be back like that. And through all of it, I have to confess to you, I never really considered that a spiritual issue. I just thought it was a physical issue. I share that with you because I know some of you, you may be a little skeptical. You may be saying, why are we doing this? I've even heard there's people that are boycotting this series because that's not something that a church is supposed to do. Um, I believe that my physical body, our physical bodies, they, they are spiritual issues. And I think Romans 12, chapter 1 gives us the, the jumping off point. It says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Now, right there, some would say, hold on, Paul doesn't really mean body. Paul doesn't really mean the physical self. Paul is really talking about the entire body, spirit, soul, mind, body. He's talking about all of it in one. But as, as I uh, read five different commentaries this week, the vast majority of them said, no, Paul really is talking about the physical body. Paul was passionate that the physical body should be viewed as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We looked at that last week. And so first and foremost, we have to be willing to dedicate and commit our bodies to God. It's a spiritual act of worship. So how do we pull that off? What do we do? Do we just pray about it? Well, we do pray about it, yes. But we have to do more than just that. And three things that I think can help us move that direction. And number one is this, we have to be willing to cleanse our body. Cleanse our body. Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Look at that phrase, purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. And so one way that the Daniel plan encourages us to kind of jumpstart this process is to, to go through what they call a detox. And I'm going to ask Dr. Stephanie Kluver to come on up at this time. And uh, Stephanie's been a part of our church for several years now. She's a chiropractor here in town. Uh, she's a very good friend. And I know that she has a, a great testimony about a detox. So I'm not going to give you a time frame. I'm going to say share with us this morning. Okay, there you go. Okay. Thanks, Greg, for inviting me to speak briefly on the topic of nutritional cleansing, detoxing, purification, whatever word you want to put to it. 
Nutrition is an area that I not only have extensive training in being a chiropractor, but I also have personal experience in the wondrous healing power of food. Food can be our worst poison or our best medicine. What passes through our lips can truly define our health. Combine nutritional stress with emotional and physical stresses and you have the reason our society is so sick today. Certain foods have been shown to produce inflammatory responses in our bodies. Usually we think of inflammation as something that occurs after an injury like an ankle sprain. Imagine that same process of swelling, redness, and warmth going on internally as well because it's happening. Even if you aren't noticing any symptoms, our internal systems are inflamed. Our stomach, intestines for sure, but even more importantly, our brain and nervous systems are inflamed, and that's huge. The brain is what controls everything in our body. If it's not working properly, you can't function properly. The reason you may consider doing a purification or cleanse is to reboot your system and rid your body of the built-up toxins, thereby reducing your internal inflammation. I could stand up here and tell you the benefits by listing what research shows, but I'd rather tell you a story. Imagine a young, vibrant, healthy, 26-year-old woman. She's just graduated from years of school and began her dream career. She seemingly has the world by the tail. However, it wasn't long she began to notice subtle changes in her health, most of which she dismissed as her normal. Her head began to itch so badly that she would scratch it so hard it would bleed. Then her body and jawline began to do the same. She developed eczema, a skin rash, on her right arm, only her right arm, and a returning small fluid-filled cyst just to the left of her nose that would appear and disappear often. She saw dermatologists, bought and used every potion and lotion known to man, drank more water, special shampoos, nothing worked. From there, she became chronically fatigued. She would nap for three to four hours at a time when given the opportunity, even with a full night's sleep. Then, sometimes over the, sometime over the next couple of years, she noted digestive issues, bloating, abdominal cramping, bathroom time became frequent and difficult. She would describe the discomfort as it was like acid being poured through her. This would be her most debilitating symptom. Again, attention was sought, no answers. Over the next three years, or over the next few years, three colonoscopies were performed, CT scans, blood work, more lotions and potions, medication was offered but not taken, Again, no answers. She didn't let any of this stop her. In fact, very few people knew she was struggling. She was married by this time, had two children, owned and ran a business, cared for many people, all with a smile on her face. At least outwardly, she appeared healthy. Finally, more time passed. Another colonoscopy. But finally, this one was different. It showed something an autoimmune condition called Crohn's disease in which your body attacks itself. This wasn't just any diagnosis. This was my diagnosis. This girl is me. Here's where my story becomes different from some, other, some others diagnosed with the same condition. I was a natural health and wellness doctor. I can't have Crohn's. I wouldn't accept it even though I longed for a solution. So for another year, I did nothing except deny there was a problem. All of my symptoms didn't get any better wishing them away. 
Then one day, while sitting very gingerly on my couch, because sitting had become difficult, I began having a conversation with myself and God. It was, as time passed during the conversation, it was like God said, okay, dear, what are you going to do about it? Why don't you change something? So I started treating myself as a patient and, and me as a doctor instead of just wallowing in my suffering. And I said, what affects my belly more than anything? And finally it came to me like a light bulb was turned on and it was food. I couldn't believe I hadn't thought of it sooner. I decided to detox my system right then. I began with eliminating gluten, which is grains, and immediately noticed a difference in my digestion. I then took it one step further and embarked upon a cleanse much like the Daniel Plan recommendations. I cannot express to you the healing that took place. I could feel the inflammation leaving my body. I continued after the cleanse, of which I've done many over the years, a gluten-free lifestyle. All of my symptoms are gone as long as I do not introduce gluten. Honestly, I don't feel I ever had Crohn's at all. I believe all of my Crohn's symptoms were in fact a gluten allergy. I haven't doctored for these issues since. God had the right medicine for me all along. All I had to do was begin eating his food. A cleanse isn't just for those with motivating health issues. I would encourage everyone to do this, even for one week. It's not any easier for me than it is for you. I want the inflammatory foods as bad as you do. There is no vegetable in the world that tastes like a cheeseburger and french fries. But I can tell you it gets easier. Who knows what it could prevent or how much your health could positively change. It will undoubtedly bring you closer to God. I can't think of a better way to honor our Lord and Savior than to clean up his most adored creation, you. Amen. Give her a hand. Thank you very much. How do we do this? We begin by cleansing our body. Thank you very much, Stephanie. We continue by caring for our body. This is a care issue. Ephesians 5.29 says, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Sometimes we may be harming our body, not even realizing it. And number three, we do this by controlling our body. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, no, I beat my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This all begins by committing our body to God. That's the first way we begin, about, begin to bring about change, dedication. Secondly, we bring about change by concentrating, by focusing our mind, or, or as the Apostle Paul says, refocusing our mind. Romans 12, 2 continues on and says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Two, two key catchphrases in there that I think are very relevant for our study. Number one, do not conform. Well, how with our body do we conform to the ways of the world? Well, for many of us, when stress hits, for many of us, when we're struggling with life, 
Uh, maybe there is a time of worry that is unfolding. A lot of people turn to food. I, I am one of those. I'm a binge eater. Um, not long ago, somebody came and they shared with me the, the concern that someone had. It was very personal. It was very hurtful. Um, just stewed all day long about that. It really bothered me. Went home that night and just started eating and eating and eating. And, and I just felt awful. Why, why did I do that? Because that's, that's a habit that's been a part of my life. For good or for bad, definitely in this case for bad, when, when stress unfolds, I, I'm going to feed myself to the point that my stomach hurt, to the point that I was sick to my stomach. What should I have been doing in this way? Instead of conforming, I should have been transformed. I should have been turning it to, to the power of prayer. I should have been asking the Holy Spirit to work within me. I should have been praying for, for the individual that, that, that had the issue and had the concern that reconciliation could come about. So do not conform, but be transformed. And, and so one of the things that Stephanie shared that I totally agree with is that so much of what we're talking about today, it's an issue of the brain. We use the term willpower. If you've ever been on a diet, you'll hear that term willpower. Um, I don't like that term. I think a better term is God's power. God's power. Make it a matter of prayer. Make it a matter of your focus. Allow yourself to really concentrate and refocus your mind. Third, we have to evaluate. This is where it is tough for some of us. We have to humbly assess our current state. Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Boy, that hits me right between the eyes. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So what's that mean? Number one, we have to approach this evaluation with humility not arrogance or pride. I go back to 2006 when doctors said, Greg, you're fat. Um, there was a part of me that was very prideful early on. There's a part of me that was borderline arrogant. Or who does he think he is? And he probably could improve his bedside manner. I, I would agree with that. But I needed to hear that. See, the people closest to me, they didn't say it. I never had anybody say anything like that to me before. And I needed to humbly assess where I went back and looked in the mirror and said, you know, he's right. I've let myself go. And the second thing we do is honestly estimate where you're at currently in the five essentials. If you open your bulletin to page number six, page number six lists the five essentials of the Daniel plan, faith, food, fitness, focus, and friends. And one of the things our Bible school class, the Faith Builders, did last week is we took time and we looked at the five essentials and we honestly estimated which of the five essentials, or maybe there's more than one, do we really struggle in. And many people raised their hand and unashamedly said, I struggle in the area of fitness, or I struggle in the area of friends, or I struggle in the area of food, and, and, and said it out loud. And by that, there's an accountability. I shared, believe it or not, I'll just, this is just extra, it's not really part of the sermon, I shared with my Bible school class that of the five essentials, the area that I struggle the most in is the area of focus. You may, you may find that funny. But too often, negativity sucks me down. 
it pulls me down. Too often, it, it gets the very best of me. And instead of allowing God's Spirit to work within me, I find myself conforming. I find myself becoming negative. I find my focus becoming not what it should be. And so that's a, that's a goal that I made last Sunday morning, the day we launched this, is that for the next 40 days, I'm going to try to really renew my mind and to be someone that is transformed. To be someone that when negativity visits, I, I, I try to not get sucked into it, but be positive. That, that when someone says, we can't do that, or when within something says me, we can't do that, I want to say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Honestly estimate where you're at currently, the five essentials. And then number four, cooperate. I cannot be a lone ranger. Cannot do it alone. I think one of the reasons, and I'm thankful for megachurches, hear me say this, I think some of the megachurches within our brotherhood in central Illinois are changing their communities for Christ, praise the Lord. But I think one of the reasons that a megachurch is attractive, and it can be an issue even in a church this size, is that so many people want to do faith solo. They don't want to be in community. They don't want to have connections. They don't want to have fellowship. They don't want to have relationship. They want to come in, give me some God, give me some worship, Give me some bread and juice, and I'm going on my way. And I think for this especially, we have to cooperate. We cannot be the Lone Ranger. Look at Romans 12, 4 and 5. It says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There is power in numbers. There is power in numbers. Last week, I told you that I had five DVDs that, that were bought, and I was giving them away to be used for small group Daniel Plan studies if anyone was willing to, to launch a study. And, and they were all gone by Sunday morning. And, and we had to order more, because some of you came up and said, I want one, and I said, we're all out. I want to tell you one story. Glenda Kaufman, who typically comes to our second service, came to me and said, I want to do a DVD study. I said, that's awesome. She said, I want to invite lots of people. I said, that's awesome. She said, I want to use the church. I said, go for it. Wednesday night of last week, just three days after this idea was launched, she had 12 people gather in the Lord Led Ladies classroom to journey through the Daniel plan. Some of them aren't even a part of our church. That is awesome. That warms my heart, and that should warm your heart as well. And so I don't even know if we even have any DVDs left. I've got one here that's still in the package, but I extend that invitation. Don't do it alone. There's a verse of Scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes that is used a lot of times in weddings, but I love it, and I think it's relevant for this study and for any study. It's 4.12, Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There is power in numbers. Don't go it alone. Real quick, I'm not going to spend really any time on it. I want to just reference it for you. In your bulletin on page 7, you have an extended teaching on food from the book, The Daniel Plan. And it talks about what is the perfect Daniel Plan plate. If you want to try to go down this road, this is a great reference point for you if you do not own the book. Okay, GT's Daniel Plan tips for week two. Three of them. Number one, 
would you prayerfully consider a Daniel plan detox? Now, Stephanie talked about detoxes. There's lots of detoxes that are out there. The Daniel plan detox is a little different than other Daniel than other detoxes. If that is the route you want to go, reference pages 294 to 296 in the book, The Daniel Plan, or track one of us down and we can give you exactly what, what it details. I did a detox the last seven days, okay? I didn't consume any gluten. I didn't consume any dairy. I didn't consume uh, any processed foods of any kind. I, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. I think I ate more vegetables this last week than I have this entire year combined, probably. Okay, that's just, that's part of my issue. Um, and, and I'm not going to stand up here and say I was glad that I was munching on steamed broccoli instead of french fries on Wednesday at IHOP as Bob Phillips was eating a cheeseburger and Ed Bacon was eating a patty melt. I'm not going to lie to you along those lines, but I'm really glad I did it. I will tell you, I slept better this week than I probably have for an extended week-long period of time, anytime I can remember. It was great to be off caffeine. It was great to detox my body. Am I going to continue? I'm not. I go to camp today, so my detox is not a 10-day detox. It was a 7-day detox. Strongly encourage you to consider doing it. You can do the Daniel plan and not do a detox. It, It is optional. I highly, highly recommend it. Number two, and hopefully this will hit several of you, if you are skeptical or fearful or you just think this is stupid, and I know some of you are there today, and that's okay, I want to challenge you to start with just one thing. Just start with one thing. Maybe that means giving something up that you know is causing you trouble. And I'm not going to tell you what that is. But if you find yourself like me, addicted to caffeine, that might be the thing. Or if you see yourself just going out of control with foods that you know are bad for you, give give a group of foods up or give a food up. See, See what difference it may make. For some of you, it may mean starting something up, which will move you toward better health. Maybe it means getting up 30 minutes earlier this week and going for a 30 minute walk. 30 minute walk for a lot of us gets us somewhere between a mile and two miles, depending on how fast you walk. If you are not a walker and you do that for a week, I guarantee you, you'll see some change. I I, I promise you. Now, for some of us that have health issues, you know, consult your physician. Don't say Dr. Greg Taylor told me to do this, okay? I'm not a doctor. I don't even play a doctor. So so, so be very wise about it. But for a lot of us, we could go for a 30-minute walk. We could go for a 45-minute bike ride. We could join the YMCA or Curves or other other groups that will help us really bring about change. And then finally, number three, share your Daniel Plan experiences with others. I know not all of us are on Facebook, but many of us are. And this week we launched the First Christian Church Daniel Plan Facebook page. And you can see testimonies, you can see pictures, you can see what people are preparing for for their food, and we have put this together to be an encouragement and to be a resource for one another. So share your experiences. If you have a bad experience, share your bad experience. I'll give you an experience. Um, I love to bike. I mean, I love to bike. And yet, one of the things that happens with the detox is you don't have the energy that you typically have. 
but I'm Greg Taylor, so I'm going to go ahead and bike anyway. So Wednesday night, I got done with the radio show, and I biked from Decatur home, 32 miles, and felt okay. Went to bed about 9 o'clock, but, but felt okay. And so the next day, I needed to get back to Decatur to get my vehicle that I had left at my friend's house, and so I jumped on my bike in the middle of the afternoon, warm, humid day, and I got to about Warrensburg, and I thought I was going to pass out. I, I pushed myself way too hard. To which my wife said, I told you so. The book says you're not going to have as much energy. So, so share experiences along those lines, and, and we will all be better for it. Next week, we're going to do something that's a little different. We're going to actually journey through the book of Daniel. Um, Daniel's life is kind of the inspiration for the Daniel plan, and I'm going to give you several principles with Daniel's life that hopefully will inspire all of us to understand. This isn't just a six-week sermon series. This isn't just some passing fad that some Southern California preacher came up with and we're trying to copy. It's much more than that. Daniel's one of the great heroes of the faith. I think there's much that we can learn from him, even if you never open the book. Even if you say, ah, I'm not going down that road, we're going to study Daniel's life together next week. Let's pray. God, thank you for today, and I thank you for the opportunity to gather, and thank you for the chance to study this together, and it's my prayer that our bodies will be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. It's my prayer that this won't just be a diet, this won't just be a a walking club, but it'll be so much more than that, that we will grow in faith that we will refocus our minds, that we will be people that reach out and embrace friendships in the Lord, that you'll use us to be light in our community. Thank you so much for your son Jesus and the difference that he makes, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. It is commitment time every week here at FCC, and if you have a decision to make, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, we invite you to come forward during this time. If you'd like someone to pray with you, I'd be honored to pray with you. Cody Monkman, one of our ministers, is up front as well. He'd be glad to pray with you as well as we stand together and we sing our song of commitment. Take Take time time to be holy. Speak our quiver.